description of Hajj and Umrah. It is recommended for those in Mecca from outside the sanctuary to make ihram for Hajj on the day of Tarwiyah, the 8th of Dhul Hijjah, and to sleep in Mina. After the sun rises, they leave for and stay in Namira until the Zawal, then move to Arafah, which is entirely a place of standing except Batnu Urana or Urana. Mm -hmm. from the mount overseeing Arafah to its opposing mountains and the walls of Bani Amir. They are to combine Dhuhr and Asr at the time of Dhuhr. It is recommended to stay there mounted, unlike the remaining rites, while facing the Qibla, close to the boulders and Mount Rahmah, which is not legislated to climb on. They raise their hands and make abundant supplication from what has been narrated. All right. So here you're talking about the description of Hajj and Umrah. We're talking about Hajj now, really. Um, we entered uh, Mecca and we performed either Tawaf al-Qudum, if we were uh, a Mufrid or Qarin, if you're doing those Hajj types, or we did Umrah completely if we were Mutamatir. Now we're talking about beginning uh, the actual rites of Hajj. So... He says it is, it is uh, a sunnah preferred that al-muhil li-muhillin bi-Makkah al-ihram bil-hajji yawm al-tarawih. Basically, um, someone that is um, coming from outside of the haram in Mecca to make ihram for hajj on the eighth day. They call yawm al-tarawih. إِلَّا مَنْ لَمْ يَجِدْ هَدْيًا وَصَامَ ففي right, So this is not mentioned here. This is mentioned in Muntan uh, Iradat. says, You are to make the ihram for hajj on the eighth day of Dhul Hijjah unless you do not have a sacrificial animal to slaughter and you're going to fast. Then you're going to make ihram on the seventh day. And this is what we calculated last time. Because it was preferred that you fast three days during Hajj and that you conclude on the ninth day. So you would fast seven, eight, and nine. So Yom al-Nahar, you won't be fasting the tenth day. So in this case, if you don't have the Hadi, the sacrificial animal, you're going to make Ihram on the seventh and fast. And then he says, Well, Mabitu bi mina. Basically, you're going to stay the night in Mina. Okay, you're going to make it there and stay the night there. So when the when the sun rises, um, so on the eighth day, you're going to stay there. You're going to stay the night on the eighth, and then the morning of the ninth, after you pray Fajr and the sun rises, you're going to proceed. You're going to leave Mina, and you're going to proceed, and you're going to end up in Namira. Namira is basically where they have the, uh, the masjid there, where the khutbah is given. You're going to stay there until the zawal. More than likely, this is an impossibility, practically speaking. Because you're going to get on a bus, and you're going to start driving, and who knows what they're going to do, how that's going to work out. If you're not driving, you're walking, you have full control over your Hajj experience, well then... You stop at Namira, you stay there for the morning, you hang out there, um, you know, you do your thing there. And then after the Zawal, basically after uh, the uh, sun begins to descend from its highest peak, um, you go to Arafah. 
Arafah is a region. Arafah is a, a, a large region. He says, وَكُلُّهَا مَوْقِفٌ It's all that region, not just the mountain, Jabal Rahma, but that whole area is um, suitable for you to um, be in Arafah. Except there's a, there's a small portion of it, Batma Urana, um, which more than likely that, that part is, is um, I can't even remember that part right now, but um, there's, a, there's a specific small portion of it that's in that same region that you're not to stand in, the, in that area. He describes Arafah there, or Mawqif, when he says it's the Al-Jabal Al-Mushrifu ala Arafah ila Al-Jibal Al-Muqabila lahu ila ma yali so basically he kind of describes the border of, of Arafah in the landmarks of that day. The landmarkings of today are signs, signposts. So you want to be careful that you are within the boundary of Arafah and that you're close to Jabal al-Rahmah is preferred. And while you're there, you are to combine between Dhuhr and Asr. So at Dhuhr time, you pray both Dhuhr and Asr. This is when it is preferred to combine prayers. Otherwise, combining prayers is considered permissible, not preferable. So it's preferred um, here on Arafah, or on the day of Arafah, that you combine these prayers at Dhuhr and Asr during the Dhuhr time. And then he says, وَسُنَّةً uh, that while you are at Arafah, if you are a, if you are mounted, if you're a rider, meaning you came on a horse or a camel, or if you're in your car, or what, etc., whatever means of transportation you arrived on, it's preferred that you stay mounted, that you stay riding, as opposed to the remaining rights. You should get down for the remaining rights. Meaning, like number one, you can't be making tawaf on a hoverboard without an excuse. You can't be uh, making sa'i in a wheelchair if you don't have a, a, a legitimate excuse. You need to be walking that thing. Okay? So when you're there, you face the qibla. You're close to the rocks and the mountain. You don't climb on top of it, which is a, which is a very common practice. That's what we see in all of the photos and videos. Everyone's all hanging on the thing and fighting to get onto it and looking for the real estate and they're there. No. This was mentioned that it's not something that is um, legislated. And this is, um, Sheikh Al-Ba'li mentions that climbing upon Jabal Rahma is not mentioned ijma'an. He, 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 he declares a consensus as quoted from Sheikh Al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah, Taqyuddin. Uh, while you're there in the Arafah region, you are to make uh, du'a, you raise your hands, which is the, one of the matters of making supplication, uh, while you are standing there at Arafah. And this is something that is preferred. And you should make abundant supplication, mimma warad, of course, that which was, that which has been uh, mentioned, the, the mentioned and legislated supplications. Continue. <clears throat> The time of standing is from Fajr of Arafah until the day of sacrifices, Fajr, after which they tranquilly go post-sunset to Muzdalifah and combine Maghrib and Isha at the time of Isha and stay there for the night. 
After praying the morning prayer, they go to Mash'ad al-Haram, a small mountain in Muzdalifah, named as such due to it being a sign of Hajj. That's the footnote. Mm -hmm. Climb it and stand there praising, unifying and extolling Allah, supplicating from what has been, what has narrated, what was, what has been narrated. Mm -hmm. And reciting the two verses, 198 and 199, but when you depart from Arafah, remember, remember Allah at Al-Mash'ar Al-Haram. Alright, let's stop right there. I just covered this quickly. Uh, so basically after um, the standing of Arafah, and the standing of Arafah, its time period he mentions is um, from Fajr of Arafah, min Fajri Arafah, Okay, min fajri arafa ila fajri yawmin nahri. So this period of time from fajr of arafa, which is the ninth, until fajr of the tenth, you have to be there. You have to have spent, if just a moment there, even if just walking through, even if uh, fully asleep or unknowingly so, you have had to have passed by there. Not in a coma and not in a drunken state. But you have, have to have been there in order for your hajj to be complete. Al-hajju Arafah, the Prophet ﷺ said, hajj, it is Arafah. So if someone is coming late, they have to make this moment. If they don't make this moment, they haven't made the hajj. And also, when it comes to a sabi, a person that's not reached the age of maturity, or someone that's not uh, fully emancipated, they're, uh, they're a captive or something. In order for it to count for their, 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 their pillar, they have to either have reached, reached maturity or have been emancipated at this moment. And if they have left, if they're still within the window of the time, they can come back. So let's say they left before Fajr of, of Yom al-Nahar. He says, his, um, you know, his owner says, I free you. Guess what? It's not Fajr time yet. You can go back. If you get back to Arafah before Fajr time comes in, you made it. Okay, you have to make this. Okay? Um, and then uh, you go, Ba'd al-Ghurubi, ila Muzdalifa. Basically, uh, this is on the 9th. Um, so... Uh, you're going to leave before the time would expire to be at Arafah. So technically, while, while most of the people will then go to uh, Muzdalifah after Al-Ghurub, um, they are not going to pray there, of course. They're going to go to Muzdalifah. People can still be coming to make Arafah in the evening, while most people are now in Muzdalifah. So they go quietly and they go peacefully to Muzdalifah. And when they reach Muzdalifah, يَجْمَعُ فِيهَا بَيْنَ الْعِشَاءَيْنِ so then they go there to Muzdarifa and they're going to sleep there the night. Of course, they're going to pray both Salat al-Maghrib and Isha um, together combining. And this is another scenario when it is preferred to combine the prayers when you are in Muzdarifa, when you're at Arafah and when you're at Muzdarifa. And you're going to delay this by praying it during the time of Isha. You're going to sleep there. After that, فَإِذَا صَلَّ subha After you pray Salat al-Fajr, al-Haram. You go to Al-Mash'ar. Basically, now they have a masjid there, Masjid Mash'ar Al-Haram. And that's, I believe, where the location is for this. Al-Mash'ar Al-Haram. 
You climb upon it, it's like a little hillock, if you will. You climb on top of it, not really possible today to my knowledge. And you stand there or you stand close to it, praising Allah subhanahu, saying la ilaha illallah, Allahu akbar, and then you can make dua uh, with that, whatever has been reported. Okay, And you recite the verses, فَإِذَا أَفَضْتُمْ مِنْ عَرَفَاتٍ فَاذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ إِنْدَ الْمَشْعَرِ الْحَرَامِ And these are verses in Surah Al-Baqarah, verse number 198-199. Yep. They then supplicate until the light of dawn and proceed to Mina. Upon reaching Muhassir, they quickly go to a stone's throw and take 70 pebbles, bigger than chickpeas, but smaller than hazelnuts, for stoning from wherever they wish. It is disliked to take them from the sanctuary, the weeds, or to break them. It is not recommended to wash them. Pebbles soiled with najasa are sufficient, though disliked. They then stone only Jamarat al-Aqaba with seven pebbles. It is a prerequisite that they throw them one after the other and not merely place them down. With, with each pebble, they raise their right arm until the white of the armpit is seen and make takbir. They then slaughter and shave or trim all their hair, not necessarily every single hair. Women are to trim the amount of a fingertip. At this point, everything is now permitted besides women. Then they go to Mecca and perform the visitation tawaf, a pillar, and make sa'i if they had not already done so. After concluding this, everything becomes permissible. It is recommended to drink zamzam water for whatever is desires, for, for, that, for whatever one desires, to fill the belly and sprinkle it on the body and clothes, and to supplicate from what is narrated. Awesome. So here, uh, getting into the a big day, essentially, um, after having left Al-Mash'al Al-Haram, um, he says that you'll, you'll supplicate there until Yusfira uh, Jiddan, until the sun you know, fills the sky, essentially. And then you're going to... Um, before the before I'm sorry not until the sun fills the sky that was misspoke this is basically before the sun before the sun fills the sky you know like the dawn when the federal time comes in you can see the light and it begins the light begins to fill the sky but not the sun so once the light becomes uh, apparent the sun has yet to rise um, you're going to move to Mina then when you reach a valley called Muhassir. This is the valley between Muzdalifa and Mina. Um, he says, you should asra'a ramya. You should speed up. Um, uh, here you're going to basically go like the distance. There's a distance here that he's talking about. Ramya. Asra'a ramya ta hajarin. You should pick up the pace a stone's throw. Here in this, this, this little valley, Muhassir. And uh, then you'll be collecting the, uh, the pebbles, Al-Jimar. You collect 70 of them. Uh, you collect them the size of a chickpea. Um, nothing bigger than that. You don't want anything smaller than Al-Bunduk, uh, which is what? Chickpea and the? Hazelnut. Hazelnut, okay. So you're going to make sure that you pick up these stones... 
um, of this size. We're not looking at boulders and we're not looking at rocks. We're looking at pebbles. That's crucial. Between the chickpea and hazelnut. At the same time, we're not looking at little pieces of sand, little granules of sand. And you can pick these up wherever you want after you have reached that area. It is disliked to pick them up from the haram, the sanctuary. Uh, it's disliked to pick them up from the, the grassy, the weeded area, and also disliked um, to break them. You don't want to pick them up from the grassy regions because uh, those grassy, weeded areas, he says, is, it is assumed that there's najasa there. If that amount of people, you can assume that people are going to use the restroom. And I've seen this. Even though they have the restroom set up, facilities are there. I've seen the facility so overcrowded that people will go and pick a spot and they'll relieve themselves there. So if you're out in the weeded areas or whatever, it's preferred that you do not pick up the pebbles from there. It's also disliked that you break a pebble in half or you crush it or something so that um, when you do throw it, it doesn't further deteriorate and it gets on people or it hurts people, right? It's not preferred that you wash them, meaning those stones. Uh, if you did pick up stones that have some najasa on them, uh, it says uh, it's makru. However, it will fulfill uh, this, the performance of throwing them. So what are you going to do? First, you're going to throw jamarat al-aqaba uh, and you're going to throw it with seven stones. Uh, it is uh, kind of a requisite or a requirement um, that you throw them. Okay, You picked up these stones to throw, not to set down. They have to be thrown. You don't take the stones and then you just come up to them and just set them one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You're actually going to go through the, the motion of throwing them. And the throwing them is done one after the other. So you don't gather the seven stones and then you just throw all of them at one, at one time. But you're obliged to throw them one at a time. One by one. And then uh, the manner of doing that is that with every stone, you are to raise your hand high enough so that the armpit is visible. And then you say Allahu Akbar with every stone. Okay, so you have to throw these seven stones. You raise the hand up, Allahu Akbar, and you cast the stone. And now they have huge targets. It's very difficult to miss. When I made Hajj the first time, uh, they had the, uh, that's the only time too, by the way, they had the very thin pillars so stones are coming all over the place. They were not, some of the people were not keeping to the, the protocol of little stones. They were using bigger ones, shoes, umbrellas, cups. I thought a baby might have been thrown, I don't know. <laughs> I never liked you anyway. I had to pay for your ticket. Ciao. Yeah. So then you throw those stones. He says, um, after that, after you throw the stones, after you throw the stones, what do you do? You go to slaughter your sacrificial animal. You're not going to slaughter it, more than likely, because you're going to, um, you're going to appoint a wakil to, to slaughter on your behalf. You can assume that when the day begins, um, at the time of slaughtering, basically after you've thrown your stones, you can make the assumption that the animal slaughtered. Okay, throwing the stones is over, slaughtering the animal is over, now you're going to do what? You're going to shave your head or you're going to trim your hair, the entire head. 
So if you came in to make uh, Umrah as a mutamatti', if you came in and you made your Umrah, when you finish Umrah, one of the things you have to do is to shave or trim. Because you're getting ready to make Hajj, for Umrah you're going to just trim your hair so that you have something left to shave off. Okay. So now at this case for the end of Hajj or for the end of this day's deeds, you're going to shave or trim the hair. Min jami'i sha'arihi. So you have to do the entire head. You can't do the little bangs or the sideburns or a little tuft of hair in the back because you know you have an awesome hairstyle and your hair is very beautiful or, or you're worried that your bald head doesn't look good. You have to do the entire head. You don't need to worry that they get every single hair. It has to be a general coverage uh, of the head, and that is for the men. And the women, of course, they have to trim uh, the amount of a, 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 a um, what did I say this? Enmula. What was that called? Fingernail. Fingernail or a, um, what do you call that portion right there? We call it a DIP, but anyway. It's a DIP? Okay, the amount of the DIP. Yeah. DIP? Yeah, that's what we call it. Okay, so well, that's cool. That's a good term. The DIP. I'll make sure I make a note of that in the uh, next uh, version. All right. Uh, so that's the amount. You want this, this small amount, which is basically like the first, uh, up to the first knuckle on the finger. All right. And what that means is that the woman's going to gather her hair together. She's going to gather, if her hair is long, she's going to gather it all together in a braid or something. She's going to hold it and she's going to cut that portion off. She should be careful where she's doing this, right? Because the hair is part of the aura, has to be covered. So you don't want to be out in public doing this. And there's a lot of women that do. They do this. Um, so you want to, you know, you want to be particular where this happens or how it's done. If you're going to do it out in the open somewhere, I understand the nature of the day and everything's going on. Make sure you're, you're, you're shielded from sight of non-mahram men so that you don't become exposed. After you do this, um, trimming of the hair, basically you've come, this is the first disengagement, you've just um, basically come out of the uh, ihram, a first disengagement, which means now you can do what you were imp- what you're not permitted to do. You can put on regular clothes, street clothes, you can wear perfumes, you can, etc., etc., except for intimacy. And then he says you go to Mecca, فَيَطُوفُ طَوَافِ الزَّيَّارَةِ Ziyarah here is the, the visitation tawaf. Um, they have other names for this tawaf, like tawaf al-ifadah, tawaf al-sadr. Uh, and this is one of the pillars of hajj. Unless you haven't done it before. And there's scenarios where you could have done it um, previously. He says, concluding this particular portion of Sunnah and Yashriba min Ma'i Zamzam, it's preferred that you drink the water of Zamzam. Uh, and you drink it because Ma'i Zamzam Shuriba 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 Ma'i Shuriba Ma'i That drinking the water is for whatever you intended. So a person drinks the water with the intention of something. Uh, and you should do that. You should fill the belly with drinking the zamzam. You should get full. You should sprinkle some on your body, on your clothes, and then you can make a dua, supplication, whatever has been transmitted from the Prophet.